0: What is up ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Fudge Muppet, I'm Scott here with Michael and Drew as always, this is the Elder Scrolls Podcast, and today we are having a robust discussion, as I said on Twitter, and I got some uh, tweets from you guys involved in this as well, but what we are discussing today is basically the worst things that could happen to the Elder Scrolls 6, they basically, we're looking at like, the worst case scenario of what Bethesda could implement, and also feasibly implement, like... We, it's oh haha, ha, It could be like a multiplayer shooter. It's it's not going to be. It's uh, like you know within the context that Bethesda's like we're making a single player RPG. But you know there's plenty of things to discuss within the realms of that. That
1: hey hey, hey let's be fair though. If before Fallout seventy six was known, and we did a like oh let's brainstorm the worst Fallout game that could come next, and you'd be like mm, within the realm of like re- like realism. I think that we would say what happened was outside of realism. But on that note, it is different. It wasn't a Fallout 5, and this is an Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah. So we can assume it's going to be... I mean, it said it's going to be a single-player game. Um, If it's just like Skyrim, but... You know what? If it's just as good as Skyrim, I'll be over the moon. If it's better, then, then even better. But let's kick things off. What's at the top of your list?
2: Um... I think we can probably all agree that voice protagonist is at the top of the list, right?
1: Probably, because it's like one of those they probably won't do it because there's 10 races and they'd have to have so many voices, but yeah, if they did it,
0: yeah, I
2: I think they have explicitly said they wouldn't, Mm. um, but you never know. Because
0: like, yeah, that's one example where I would say like, yeah, that's absolutely just the worst because in terms of role-playing and characters, like I can't even imagine it, like the you know like unless they restricted races which would also be a ridiculous idea i just don't think they'll ever because that, that pigeonholes
1: you straight into the whole like sword singer thing like it's like you can only be a red guard you yeah. can pick male female mm-hmm. they have one voice for each you can't role play being young or old or anything and i, I Although, will say as as drew said before we started this is going to be like an ideal elder scrolls six but just bad things so strap yourselves in well,
2: the idea of voice protagonists, they're not going to do it, but realistically, it's not completely out of the question because just comparing Dunma voices from Morrowind to, say, like the progression of Dunma voices, but then the way you hear them in ESO, they're essentially just, they turned to posh British. A lot of them mm. did. So it's kind of like um, if if they can do that to a race with a really distinct voice, then it's feasible that every race could just have... Fairly bog-standard So basically
1: what you're saying is they could get a voice for, like, all the human races and then um, get a different voice probably for Khajiit and Argonian and call it Mm -hmm. a day.
2: Yeah, just have (laughs) a slightly more bestial, a slightly deeper one for certain Mm. elves. You know, kind of have... They could do that, but they...
0: But, like, you know, like, work. like you know, if people people do all their, like, uh, acting analysis and stuff of, like, you know, movie scenes and so on. And there's so much, like, character and stuff that can be delivered in, like, lines and so on. But, you know, mm-hmm. with your tone and all of that kind of stuff. It's just, like, you're going to be pigeonholed because the second it's spoken for you instead of how you say it. Or you might see the line and you're like, yeah, I want to say that. And then it's spoken in this, like, you know, really, like... Mm-hmm conniving rude mm. kind of way and and you get well, to that syndrome well, well,
1: that's the sorry
0: i, I was just saying when well, you know Fallout four when you hit the hit, hit a button you're just like oh i want to be like sassy and then you're just like this and you like kind of vibe you know <laughs> i think mm. rpg players do have
2: the ability like a, a strong ability to suspend their disbelief with certain things like if you're playing eso and you are the protagonist of this story and there's millions of people running like literally sprinting past you faster than the speed of light because they've specced into it or whatever It's easy to work around that, but working around a voice delivering all the thoughts you've had in a way that you didn't quite imagine it can really detract from that experience. Mm. And we know that somewhat from making Fallout builds, as much as we loved making Fallout builds, it was really annoying coming up with a crazy character who, you know, who's completely insane, but sounds just complete. like, you know, who has the yeah. same voice. Y- you, have
1: to, you have to be creative and, like, play up the sociopathic tendencies. You're like, hmm, they're, they're crazy, but they act normal to, like, blend mm. in. Like, you, mm-hmm. yeah, you kind of have someone that appears a certain way or...
0: That sort of, that, like, point, too, actually kind of bleeds into another one that's talked about a lot, but no... Um like predefined sort of like pigeonholed backstory like classically like fallout Mm. 4 really went for this like you know if you're you're a male you're you know you served in the military and um if you're a female you were wanting to you have a law degree or something and you're like you know you've got a son sean and all of that kind of stuff it's all predetermined so you really have to try hard to work around it you can do Mm. it but it's not ideal whereas um basically people saying they want you know Skyrim level, at least, of just which I'm perfectly fine with, I think it's good, where it's just all you need to do feasibly. How did you end up on a cart to Helgen and outside of that? The rest is mm. yours. Or if it was like Oblivion, for example, you're in a prison, you could be wrongfully imprisoned, you could be caught stealing a potato, you could mm. have murdered someone. It could all the, be the prison,
1: the prisoner meme works pretty well. I think mm. if they did prisoner for Elder Scrolls 6, like I definitely wouldn't complain, mm. I'd be pretty happy with that. And I think one of the main things, too, is it's not just how you start but who you're destined to be so Skyrim's start if you weren't the dragonborn would have been just as good as a prisoner start i mean you, you kind of are a prisoner you just you're in transit but you know if, if you have a situation where every single character is born as some super powerful thing you run into some of the problems you had in skyrim where playing as the you know the argonian who just wants to be a thief um You know, and worship certain gods or the hist that have nothing to do with being dragonborn can create a bit of a strange vibe like eventually you just embraced it but we definitely don't want Elder Scrolls 6 to be like you are the chosen sword singer and you go around learning different sword
2: singing powers from memory stones that you find and that's another thing about the way they decide to design the narrative because a big part of Elder Scrolls games and you can argue the earlier Fallout games as well is that the story can be extremely well-written, but your role in it plays such a big difference. Like, if you're just a courier, you can really... You can get yourself into that situation, roleplay just about anything, and still be relevant to the plot. Whereas Fallout 4 being the perfect example, that you are so intertwined in the narrative they've written that you really can't have much of an impact on that. You have to be the the main antagonist's father. Um, and things like that, you kind of it really does pigeonhole you and and it seemed like they were going for a story-driven game but not in the way that works with RPGs. Yeah. Especially their RPGs. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I would... I, yeah, they should lean off story focus and I would say that... Look, they will probably do want to some degree like put a bit of a power fantasy. There's probably going to be some element of a chosen one and like you can do it but I think what I would like is like the options. So for example, in um in oblivion it's you you are kind of like oh go return the amulet of kings you're not even the chosen one though so it, you can kind of just go off and do your own thing more or less you still have to you know make a little you know a few ignore a few little things um whereas in skyrim you it's so like r- like i guess urgency like i don't want them to make it's a really urgent, urgent like let's trail because it's like oh dragons are here it's like quick go 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 like you know save the dragons i would like a bit more like you know in morrowind it's technically still a chosen one story you can talk about whether they really were or not or all that kind of stuff but um, you can functionally play okay I'm out of there now I'm just going to go and do my own thing and Mm. you, you can have a cool big cinematic opening you could be like in a prison or something and then there's like a say there's a civil war or something or some area in Hammerfell and the Falmore attacking again, they they attack the castle, but then the prison opens up and then you escape with someone else and then you can sort of go off on your own thing. So you can still have your big epic epic sort of boom, boom, like big opening, but then you can continue along as if mm. you were just, oh, I've escaped. yay, I can do what uh, I want.
1: I think main stories in general benefit a lot from pauses mm. um, because if everything feels urgent, you just gun it and then it's over and you pigeon hold yourself into a certain path really really quick without taking that time to reflect on what you're doing and i guess who you might be because not everyone makes their build before they start mm-hmm. i mean i don't the first time i play a brand new elder scrolls game i tend i, I tend to have a rough idea but i'm very open to improvising on the role playing and adapting as i play and I mean, in Skyrim, that's an example. If you think about it, you're not actually the Dragonborn. So you don't know you're the Dragonborn when you start at all until you absorb that dragon's soul. But to get, you get pushed there so fast because of that urgency that it, it almost feels like you don't have a choice unless you know, you've played so many times like we have where we just may say, oh, I'm, I'm not going to do that
2: that is the essential part of it i think you can still have a very impactful storyline but just learn to escalate the stakes at the appropriate time if you es- like the the stakes are escalated right at the beginning of the dragonborn storyline and they stay escalated until the end whereas there are there are plenty of examples you know i i'd, I'd even use the witcher 3 as an example where the kind of catastrophic world ending stuff is very much towards the end. So you've had a chance to explore the entire world and be who you want to be first, even though you're obviously Geralt, but escalating stakes appropriately, not throwing it I think on it's, you. At it's the beginning. kind of like
0: making the the appeal and the gameplay like work with the story or the stories work for like your like kind of your game's philosophy. Like really if you get down to like an Elder Scrolls game, it's kind of be who you want to be and explore the world go do things and explore oh there's a quest here there's a faction here let's do that whereas you've got these main uh, like main quest that runs counterintuitive to it it's like no no no. focus on this rush 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 go here go here and if they went and did that again in elder scrolls 6 it would be to its detriment and arguably sometimes they even also do that with the guild. Uh, quests they kind of like create like urgency to create epicness otherwise it's almost like they're scared of like that people won't be invested in the story or anything if it Mm -hmm. goes too slow it's like no there's got to be a big you know Mm. ending and And
2: another go
1: i was gonna say it's quite interesting that they also shoehorned like joining a lot of the factions into the main story of skyrim which then felt weird to go and do them because the reason that you've talked to say brinyol for example or gone to the college of winterhold is super important and you feel like you need to carry on doing that. And, I, and in regards to with the factions themselves, I think it definitely suffers from the urgency and the fact that you don't really feel in a lot of the quests like the guild you've joined. Like we've talked about before, you don't feel like a mage because they don't have you doing like mage stuff. You base, and, and same as Thieves Guild, you don't get thrust into thievy stuff straight away. You feel very much like a lackey or a dungeon crawler for hire who gets wrapped up in their internal politics
2: really, really quickly. That's pretty much exactly what I was going to say, <laughs> is that the, the, a, the problem with being the chosen one is it's lose-lose, because if you're a chosen one, it feels wrong if you go somewhere and people don't kind of acknowledge that that this is the grand hero, because you are, but then at the same time, it detracts from your ability to to properly immerse yourself in a in a guild or a, a certain questline or whatever, because... Yeah, you're constantly defined by your main story role. So you being being a Nightingale or being the Archmage or whatever. It's kind of like it it is always undermined by the fact you're the Dragonborn. Whereas if you want to focus on those and that be your identity, it would
0: be nice. And even in a lot of those. You're the chosen one, anyway. In these guild things, like you're the um, with the College winhold, like the Sigil Order, they're like you've started these events. We're <laughs> here to mysteriously pick up on you, Dark Brotherhood. You walk in, it's like, oh, guess what? You're the listener secretly already, and you can hear the Night Mother, and no one else can, just you. You know, even the companions, it's a little more hidden, but like the Harbingers, like, oh, the first day I saw you in his journal, it's like it was you. <laughs> you were the, you were the, you know. One who was going to become mm. the next harbinger and so on, and release the werewolf curse and all that kind of stuff. What guild are we missing? Well, there's the thieves guild. Thieves? No, they do it in the thieves. Yeah, because
1: I made the video on, on the problems with the thieves guild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can completely, completely mark up everything Bruniolf tells you to do. <laughs> you can butcher everything. You can then do the first quest with the beehives, butcher it, and every time you go back, like you know, Brynjolf's talking to Merce, like I'm telling you there's just something about this one (laughs) it's it's different this time it's not like the other foot pads that come in here like Mm. you know this one's special i can just feel it like it definitely has that and
0: i feel like it's like you you don't want it to be like your mom and dad telling you oh you're so special you're so great and all of that no you want like real world feedback feedback and sort of earn it so when you like go there and you've crawl to the top and you are like a master thief you've st- stolen all of these, done pulled off all these great heists and so on then be get told that oh you're mm-hmm. so great or there's something different about you you know I, I, yeah
2: it's like you steal a tiny little purse and you've got Brynjolf Amerso putting it up on the fridge for yeah you. <laughs> 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 <All> <laughs> done. yeah
1: yeah or not even though because you can fail you mm. can fail that quest and I think that's something I guess we could briefly talk about that would be a bad thing in Elder Scrolls 6 um, is hand-holding like to the max, mm. mm-hmm. which which is is similar to um, being forced with urgency to do something, but also different. And and people often talk about things like like map markers and stuff like that. Obviously, you've got your OG Morrowind fans who are like, I don't want map markers at all. I, I'm a fan of map markers. Um, I'm not. Play- if I wanted to play a detective game, I would go and play a detective game. I just think there could be less than there was in Skyrim. Like if they're like find this thing in this chest. And you walk into the room it's in. Perhaps you don't need a map marker on mm. the chest that it's the, in. And they can
0: admit them, omit um, them when they're appropriate. Like if there exactly. is a puzzle, like you don't need the map markers. It's like here's how you do the puzzle. Press mm-hmm. button. this you know. Well,
1: they they don't, but because
0: sometimes they cause... do. I know it well. At least in the creation club stuff they do. There was like a a oh, really? like. Yeah, sometimes it's just they're really, really. It's so obvious. You know what I mean? They're like pointing yeah. you straight. And It's like look, it's right here. Like. I feel
2: like there's a perfect middle ground because my problem with the absence of map markers is that unless you're just constantly reciting the instructions in your head, you do just keep checking the map. Um, Whereas it makes total sense if, say, the first time you are given directions to do something, if you open up your map and you identify the location, you see it once you've identified it on the map then the quest marker is there, then the map marker is there. Mm. You know, because it's like your character internally has discovered this location. You don't need to be checking the journal every two minutes. Yeah, and I think a really important thing that people often forget when they talk about map
1: markers and such is that as gaming in general gets better, um, everything in that world that you're playing in becomes way more dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. So if they're like, go speak to this king who lives in this castle and you go there and it's, you know, Turdus, uh, 3 p.m., and that's when he goes and hunts in the forest, mm. and he's not in his castle, and there's no map marker or anything, and then, you-, you know what I mean? Like, I can see that you have to build a whole game around it. Like, there need to be constantly people providing clues and information about how to kind of find exactly what you're looking for, or if this NPC is traveling to another town because that's part of what they do on a certain day of the week. It, it becomes a hassle if you can't track them down, particularly if that doesn't add value to the quest, right? I'm all for having to investigate and use your brain when it adds value to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing, like, a pretty low-tier side quest or a MISC quest and all the NPCs are quite radiant and dynamic... Sorry, not radiant, but dynamic. I don't want to have to, like, investigate where the guy is who I need to hand in my
0: 10 chopped pieces of wood to. It's like... You, you th- it's one of those things that's like you think you want it, but you actually don't. Know, where, you you don't like, where you're like, <laughs> I don't want to have to sit there and open a note in the journal and reread this complex list of instructions every kind of time. Because um, I know it kind of sounds like, you know, very like Zoomer and impatient kind of thing. But it is, it's actually halting valuable gameplay. So in that time, there's two scenarios. One where you've spent 20 minutes, 10 of which minutes are figuring out where to go by reading instructions which is boring or when the map marker helps you get there and you go there and it hasn't act to the person or wherever you need to go. And it hasn't actually hindered the gameplay in that part. Like I said, like we were saying anyway, with like specific objectives or where it would be like, you know, discovering a puzzle or if it is part of this big secret, don't, you know, just spoil it there with map markers. But when it's something like, Oh, talk to this guy's in this city, you mm-hmm. map markers are just convenient. And they actually do help the gameplay overall instead of slowing it down to such a you know what I mean? It, it should purely come down to the information that your character has,
2: not you, the player. Mm. You know, if your character needs to solve a puzzle, they don't have that information. Mm. If your character needs to see da-da-da in da-da-da town, they do have that information. Yeah. And it was a really easy way to f- to sort that. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I can just see people arguing that, oh, but you don't know he's in the market district right now. So ask the mm-hmm.
0: guard where he is. And how, how would the guard know? You know what it's, I mean? It's one of those things. It's just like, it's a gameplay thing. It's like, it is a yeah, game. I agree. It's like, I don't want to have to wipe my ass and otherwise suffer like, <laughs> you know, minus 10 personality or something like that. If, Or, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, there's mm. you've got to play it. There's a balance. There's a balance there is, with everything, yeah. you know? Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't take 10 sword strikes to kill someone either. It's just one and they're done pretty much, you know? So yeah. like... But in game it does because it's a game. Yeah. So. And, and I think
1: it's funny on the topic of like, I, I really appreciate the moments where you do have to like think hard about something and, and there is that um, joy of figuring something out, but I just don't want to have to figure every little thing out for myself. Um, I, it's funny actually on the note of puzzles But Scott, I think you said this once before as a little hot take, but you're like, puzzles, puzzles are shit. Mm. Like and I think they are in the way in an Elder Scrolls game, in the way that we see them executed. Like so much of it's just like push a bunch of levers in different orders or turn a
0: bunch of like totem animal stones around and they don't really add that much. They slow down the gameplay and one way like I would say, and I'm not sure if I mentioned this back then, but one way to make it better is Solving puzzles that engage you with the law, for example. So, for example, mm-hmm. if there's sort of books or like riddles and stuff that will help you yeah. open this sacred tomb to get a cool artifact, that's cool because it actually engages you with the lore and the world and everything. And there's kind of a, a reason to it. Whereas if you're just pressing some levers to spin some totems and do stuff, it just yeah. slows you down and it doesn't add anything.
2: The Dragon Claw, reading the Dragon Claw to know which yeah. symbol comes next is, is exactly the same as having like the square blocks and the circle blocks mm. that your kids play <laughs> yeah. with. It's exactly yeah. the same. So yeah. it adds nothing. It, it
1: literally added the first Dragon Claw I picked up because I had to use the inspect feature in the menu and like see and be like, mm.
2: oh, that's
1: how it works. And then as soon as you figure it out, it just becomes this tedious thing that doesn't actually require any, um, I guess, critical thinking like if the puzzle's not actually pushing you to think in a kind of abstract way or a
0: creative way then it's just an impediment to you doing something more fun and that's the other thing i would say that's interesting is um puzzles there should be something worthwhile getting behind it rather it just being a stop along your path like open this gate to mm-hmm. continue along the quest and kill some random bandits or something like you know if you're you know, this isn't really a puzzle as such, but you know how you get put on the wooden mask and you get all the dragon piece masks and you collect them together and then you get Koenig and so on. Like, that's, that's a fine. cool yeah. kind of thing. Mm. It's not so much a puzzle as such, but things of that kind of nature or, or you know, even if it was like, you know, you had to equip certain legendary items um, to open some portal or gate or something somewhere, mm. but you have to you know, have to read the lore or, or put the clues together or something to kind of, you know... Mm. Kind of
1: like the Mythic Dawn commentaries um, about finding the whole Green Emperor Way thing. Mm. Yeah. And you go there and at this certain time and then you can get entrance and it's all lit up and looks cool. Yeah. Like that. that's interesting as this element of like conspiracy and uncovering secrets, you know, through investigation rather than just, you know, kind of doing trial and error on some... Yeah. Some blocks or something
0: like that. Mm Mm-hmm yeah so to to recap so far i guess we kind of like we covered the the big main bad things would be we really don't want there to be more of a railroaded story more of a pigeonholed sort of less role-playing opportunities and so on voice protagonist kind of you know falls in line with that um sort of role-playing angle kind of things and
1: and not not much hand-holding yeah because that that we could see that being a realistic thing puzzles was kind of a side tangent but it's there yeah. it's not the worst thing that could happen but no. just something worth mentioning on the same topic
0: i think um i can't remember we mentioned it i'm sure a few people mentioned it but one thing that's kind of related to is actually further uh watering down the racial passives or anything mm. like that or because they've already to be honest uh quite watered down for massive massively and um I don't know if people like or worry about it because it's like, oh, is it a racism thing or something like that? But like, from a role playing perspective, you want a different experience of I'm playing a Red Guard, I'm playing an Argonian, I'm playing an Orc, I'm playing a High Elf, I'm playing an Imperial even. Like, you want them to feel like that choice that you made or I'm this kind of um, person Mm. has added to your gameplay in a meaningful way rather than it being continually watered down. So it just becomes a cosmetic choice. It's like, yeah, I like cosmetic choices too, but. It, it's no. like the game series doesn't do itself justice because
2: it, it there is so much love and effort put into making all of these races so incredibly unique with their distinct cultures, mm-hmm. distinct histories, distinct relationships. If we if we name any two races, we could go on for an hour about their relationship. Yet in the games, or like more recently at least, it seems like they're all virtually the same except for the skin. Mm. Um and I mean, like, understandably for ESO, that it makes sense they kind of have to do that because everybody is playing a very similar role. Obviously, I know there are like skill sets and things that are more racially focused, which is a good thing ESO does. But I mean, in, in terms of like interactions in the world and, and all of that stuff, they could really go in on that with Elder Scrolls 6 and add replayability by doing it. it's so. a
0: very controversial thing to say i think cause a lot of people don't like the idea of it but i really did like beast feet um i think like that mm. just making things that really like significantly make playing a beast race a different experience mm. something like that that's a good line out of context as well <laughs> i really like beast
1: <laughs> beast feet peaks
2: yeah <laughs> no yeah absolutely because like that's the thing it's almost like in in skyrim um They'd be a bit scared that if you chose to play a Kajit or an Argonian, oh, we can't lock them off from having all of these, you know, all of this footwear that we've specially designed for your character to have. Mm. But it's a it's a thing we talk about a lot. That it's just, I think they know it, and everybody who still loves this game knows it too. Is that you want replayability more than you want that first time experience? The first time experience is important, but. But there are so many things that you can leave out of one playthrough to have it another time. This might be a small thing, but it would be nice if you could just pick. Like, they often do
1: say, like, oh, there's the different... Obviously, we're not going to have all, what, 17 kind of breeds of, mm. of Khajiit. Mm. But if there were was a kind of version where it's like, do you want... And you could see both of them perhaps walking around in the game where there's ones that are more like Morrowind and ones that are more
0: like Skyrim,
1: and you could choose, then, I mean, that's only a positive
0: Mm. i think the big thing too is that like they also think about things like oh like what if you Enchanting need these boots slots. for this quest or something oh. or like if you mm. need like you know if you have the boots of spring heel jack and you can't wear them as a as a you know in oblivion if you have put beast them on food, your or... hands yeah <laughs> just push
1: the ground really really hard
0: but yeah i, I guess we, we don't want them to i think that would be really bad if they went further with that if anything they need to do a little I'd... reversal
1: I don't know why they would, though. Like, I know... I just don't think there's any bad connotations with the actual effects and their implementations. For example, look at High Elves. Mm. They're really, really gifted at magic. They kept that. They took out them also being weak to magic. So magic was kind of like a double-edged sword for them. I don't see what advantage... It's just a drawback. I feel like it's just... Perhaps it's easier for them to balance. They don't have to think about it as much. Mm. Um, with all these but then again Breton's ended up heaps
0: OP anyway didn't yeah. they <laughs> they kind of always are because the resistance because magic, spell absorption yeah. but I mean like I'm one thing if they want even like and maybe this is uh, controversial some people I don't know like maybe they really like racial powers and stuff but I'm 100% cool for them to ditch racial powers because I feel like they're usually not effective in the long term or they don't or I just never remember to use them or so on I'm, I'm much bigger on meaningful racial powers Passives that change things. Like, for example, like the 50 extra magic for a high elf or 25% magic resistance or something like that. But I mean, if you look at obviously like Anation's mods and so on, but I really, I'm actually a big fan of the uh, Morningstar races um, list because it's all passive centric kind of stuff. And it will even be things like, oh, orcs regenerate stamina 20% faster for every enemy they're fighting in battle or something that kind of reflects. Like, there's interesting ways that make it a meaningful gameplay. Change, but it doesn't become. I, I, sometimes I find like racial powers, even even the imperious mod, are a little bit bombastic. Where it's like every single, you know, Dunmar has, has like yeah. yeah has some like superpower, and they put on this like fire cloak or mm. something, or you know. I don't like,
1: mind as I, as long as they as, as long as they improve passives a lot. I don't care either way. Mm. You yeah. know, it, the, if I can swim like a as like a tadpole as an Argonian and have beast feed as a Kajit, mm. then that sounds fun <laughs> to me.
0: Well. Well, here's one to, to change it up and we can talk about this but this is it. it's mm. uh one of the worst things that could happen call according to social askhan says not written by michael kirkbride not entirely written by michael kirkbride mm. and all i have to say to that is i feel like in in law um communities a lot of people like go like oh you're michael kirk and michael kirkbride's contributed lots of really good stuff both in and out of it but at the same time um, a lot of the other writers contributed as well and like Ken Ralston's and all of that but um some of it gets really wacky like I don't know I I wouldn't want Michael Kirkbride to be the sole and only writer of an Elder Scrolls 6 because it would probably go far crazier than you think
2: Oh dude like, I'd almost I'd almost take the risk <laughs> I I feel like you, you almost want it so that in the bgs office they will just gather around but instead of like lighting candles and starting a ritual they all gather around the computer and send off an email to kirk bryant and and he can like commune with them and give them ideas and and bounce ideas off them but not have complete creative control yeah. i mean th- th- i think is probably the compromise i like I, I would
0: i would definitely it would be cool if you ever actually worked on it um again and writing you know and bringing that kind of uh, flavor into it but it does i do think it honestly needs to be restrained by other writers who, who keep other things in mind like you need a mix anyway mm. i think that gives any universe well you know at least in the games i think it is partly what gives the elder scrolls universe a, a good flavor is there is actually a lot of mix of writings and stuff and that almost makes it feel a little bit more real because there are some things that are written by Kirkbride, you know, listed as a bunch of different fictional authors or ones that are written by, um, you know, Ted Peterson or, or, you know, and stuff. And you get such uh, contradictory
2: accounts of events and some things sound much more mythological, whereas others sound much more grounded and you can almost debate how much of it is real, how much of it is exaggerated, all of this stuff. And that does, that benefits from having a lot of writers who have very different attitudes towards the same characters, the same settings and things like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Absolutely But but yeah So I, I don't think That's the worst thing If it's not entirely written no, I, su- I
2: suppose <laughs> yeah. not It'd be good to have his input though oh, 100% Um, For sure
0: Yeah I mean obviously Like you know Some of the things Some of the best aspects of um, uh, Like you know 36 Lessons of Vec and, and a lot of their Character concepts And so on But also um, You know Even the Mythic Dawn commentaries And like Songs of Palenal and stuff Like some of the fa- mm-hmm. Favourite Texts are written by Kirkbride for for it. So
1: Mm -hmm. okay, here's another thing that I've I've talked about before, but um, a massively overhauled combat system, like too much, Mm. too much, and a different flavor of feel as far as combat goes. Like you know the jump between Assassin's Creed Black Flag and Assassin's Creed Unity. And how enemies became really tough and it felt more realistic. And like, if you saw four guys coming at you, you'd freak out. Whereas in Black Flag, you'd jump on a pirate ship with 20 enemies and kill them all. Mm. I do like that feeling, even if you're not the chosen one, that you can wipe out a bandit fort with 15 guys in it. I don't... don't, I'm so torn on that. No, I don't... I'm not saying it should be easy. I'm not saying it should be easy. I'm just saying it should be how it was in Oblivion and Skyrim. And obviously there would be areas where enemies are just way tougher than you
0: and you'll die instantly. Are we talking about difficulty or when you said gameplay overhaul, I thought you sort of meant like in a way it works, like as if mechanically it was like Dark Souls all of a sudden. In terms of, well, yeah. Just to get difficulty out of the way, I'll say with difficulty, uh,
2: the important thing about enjoying difficult combat is having the ability to be in complete control of the situation with your skills as a player. In a game like Skyrim or pretty much most RPGs, there's a big stat um, element to it. Like, say you don't want to take a single hit in a fight. That's not really doable in Skyrim. You're going to get hit by arrows, etc., etc. Whereas if you're playing, you know, a like a Dark Souls or a Witcher or a ton of other games that use combat systems similar to that theoretically if you play well you can dodge everything so having difficulty works it's like the skill
0: part of any sort of like high difficulty like skyrim kind of stuff comes from like the preparation or the build setup or creative ways Mm -hmm. of maximizing damage or defense or whatever it's not actual like there's a little bit but not a lot
1: i guess i just don't want it to be like kingdom come deliverance where it's like hyper realistic and you have to Mm -hmm. move your like your sword in a certain way. Mm. Not that I particularly think they'd do that, but sometimes, uh, like I mean, with Assassin's Creed, I was massively surprised at how oh now I have to treat every enemy very seriously mm. c- compared to before.
2: It w- as you said before, it would have to be an overhaul, a complete overhaul, because if that much focus went into combat, uh, like you know melee combat, then how are you gonna how are you gonna make magic and Archery not extremely OP. If it's re- yeah, if you have true. to have a difficult sword fight of everyone, why wouldn't you just use an arrow
0: or fo- or cast a fireball mm-hmm. right into the middle of the crowd? I feel it, it. would be a lot of work. I feel like they'll like go for just something that just feels better. It's very similar, but like even if you look at like mm-hmm. um is that, is it Mordhau or like they're basically there's some other like first person sort of um melee kind of centric kind of medieval style games and um. They they look and feel much better. I think it's just people get stuck. Of course, it's going to be upgraded. I feel like you can take the sort of Skyrim template and like push it way further. I don't even know honestly. I mean, one people could argue about. I like the first person element of it so i would like the first and third person like you can switch between but there's a lot Mm. of emphasis on like some people like i really want rolls and crazy dodges and stuff i I feel like you could even honestly implement like dodges or like quick strafes and stuff in first person without it feeling ridiculous but like the full like rolling everywhere and and so on i'm not even necessarily like i kind of don't want it to become that level like witcher yeah
1: i mean look at um the mod that we use for like the combat overhaul mod like Mm. that changes things enough and it has mm. roles in it as well mm. if you were to take that and then make it like a smoother elder scrolls 6 next gen experience i'd be completely happy with that i just don't want it to be like on ridiculously a- overhauled or changed because in some ways i don't know I, I like the hack and slash for this particular i think on, game on just a-, a better one
0: i think honestly that's like part of the thing is people are still because you're only reference of comparison really to a limited degree for like four melee, but like really it's 2011 Skyrim and it can, you know, can feel a little floaty and so on. People just want the impact and so on. And they also want yeah. a variety of motions. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're like got some, even if it's just, is kind of like swinging and, you know, a few blocks or Parish type things or something, maybe even like timed blocks or something like that. And you get some different power attack moves, but it looks really good. Like in the first, in first person, like the sort of, as it, it, it looks it looks and feels good crunch. really yeah the crunch yeah. and so on. like you know taking a dagger and stabbing it in their eye and then like pushing them mm. off and so on like those kinds yeah. of things would feel um cool
1: and you can add more complexity too with perks mm. like if you if you learn new moves or attacks that you know change the way that you actually play i'm all for it mm. you know like you said the parry thing works perfectly as a perk
0: some, I even Some
1: think- one handed perk if you don't have something in the other hand we- and you just can parry.
0: Well, we've talked about it before too, but how there is. Um, there's uh, unarmed perks in New Vegas where you would learn like new moves and so on, but there's no reason that they can't um, apply that to kind of one handed, two handed, and sort of everything. And then it's kind of like. You know, once you talk to this MC, get the training or something, it like adds an extra perk. Even if it is a perk tree, it might be some other perk list or something. But whatever, you get a perk that actually gives you a new move. Maybe it's even with a certain type of weapon. So say if you've got like a katana, you can do some way. <laughs> cool <laughs> whatever. Imagine thing, if you, you know? could
1: slot. Imagine if you could slot moves. Like mm. if you learnt a uh, a sideways power attack with two handed weapons, you learnt different ones from different people. You could choose which one. Yeah. goes to your right and things like that you could kind of have like oh this is my build set up i've got these power attacks set S- to these directions
0: to be honest if it's actually set in um scroll six is set in Hammerfell, for example it would actually be a really good from a law mm-hmm. perspective to make it like there's like lots of like different sword styles and the real like sort of martial fighting emphasis and so on would be would mm-hmm. fit really well
1: They they talk all about their
2: like this many different grips and stances Mm. and you know in the book of circles, so let's see it. Mm. And I mean you could you could also lock certain abilities behind your stats as well. So you could have a, a, a basic sideways strike that by default, if you're playing a specific character who doesn't have much investment into strength, it's a two handed strike. But making that a one handed strike when you have sufficient strength, for example, or if you have dexterity or agility, then a move will be much faster. Um, you know, things like that can can change the way you play without completely overhauling mm-hmm. animations, mechanics, yeah. combat. Well, speaking yeah. of
1: uh, attributes, which we obviously would hope are back but likely won't be back. Um, staying on the topic of worst things that could happen, I suppose is a dumbing down of the character customization. Um, or even just not enhancing it because we all want it to the character customization when you build your character like we want classes to be back we want things like star signs even but Um, i don't know i don't know what they're gonna well the worst thing would be to me at least they don't bring it back and they just say pick your pick your race and not provide any improvement especially seeing as todd howard keeps kind of I mean boasting I don't know if that's the best. Well, kind of. He's saying like, Oh, Starfield, you know, is more of a role playing experience than than we've ever done. Like I still think Oh,
0: it's big on
1: big on role
0: playing. Sixteen times the (laughs) role playing experience. I kind of feel like I don't know if I'd put that anywhere near like the worst thing. Like if they if they did come out and it's kind of just like Skyrim, pick your race and off you go. That is nowhere near as bad as so many other things that could happen. Yeah, I suppose. Like but it's we're, pretty we're, tame. We're
1: talking we're talking about just bad things at this point. Yeah. What what else have you got for doomsday level
2: things? I mean, multiplayer would be pretty. I mean, we talked about dumbing down the races, but dumbing down the setting is oh, also yeah. another. Yeah. Like we we've seen a. I mean you you see it to varying degrees we saw it in cyrodiil um because it was kind of it was going for the very in fantasy style at the time skyrim if you compare it to the way nords appeared in say morrowind is night and day from what we actually were delivered while they were fantastic games and obviously eso does it more so than than anything else with i complain about somerset all the time at the same so if it's hammerfell or high rock Don't dumb it down too far from what we see in the Uh, law. Yeah,
0: I I agree. But at the same time, I'm kind of hopeful just because, funnily, like, I'm pretty sure we could probably do an analysis of it sometime, but just intuitively, I think Skyrim is a better representation of Skyrim in the law versus Cyrodiil is a better representation of Cyrodiil in the lore. Like Oblivion, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. Skyrim's actually a little bit of a reversal of the trend. And then ESO, yeah. as much as they've added lots of lore and storylines and stuff that you're not as big on, and some things are like they're underwhelming or not as alien, they have actually taken a lot, of, a lot of the fluff, the background lore and so on. They have made a big effort, because they have to, because they've got an MO going in 10 years and they need to keep building new content and so on. They've actually built quite a consistent kind of thing. I was playing the Blackwood... DLC recently and like going around Leowen and so on but there's even like little like um, ancient little chunks of uh, Argonian sort of Aztec-y looking ruins Mm -hmm. and stuff around which is just showing a little extra It's obviously not ideal Like the look Like one thing that bothers me In ESO Mm. Is that every door is huge And the buildings are always like (laughs) massive Like the Eilid doors And the ruins Are like literally Like three of you Like they're huge It's not the same scale Because it's Everything feels like a zone It's facilitated from an MMO You know It's, it's, It's different But what I'm sort of getting at Is I think that now that they've got a lot of Hammerfell sort of background lore and stuff to work off, I feel like people's expectations are different. They can't pull an oblivion on, on you now. Like, obviously mm. there'll always be some things. Like, you know, you can tone down the Somerset stuff and really people can argue that like, oh, it's one one writing that says that the Crystal Tower is this cool or so on. You know, whereas now you've got ESO that's combined with all of these kind of things um, and so much lore that it's, it's kind of undeni- undeniable. Like you can't, not mm. one thing i guess some people were talking about um is if they went for eso um in terms of like what the land looks like and the sort of law like just copy sort of pasting across and so on and i think i don't think they will because i think bethesda game studios will take pride in doing their own sort of thing but i'm sure they can take inspiration from similar locations but mm. just the actual physical look of a bunch of eso stuff like i said mm. disproportionate sort of but- Places. But they could
1: water down the law, though, still. Like, I'd agree that that, that is, a like, a, a serious threat. But imagine, you know, like, the whole Yakudin forebears thing where the Yakudins are meant to be, like, extremely traditional, but then there's a situation, sort of Yakudin's crowns, I mean, and the forebears. Mm. Um, you get a situation like Skyrim, maybe, where they kind of say their version of Bayezmir, but in reality, you see heaps of, like, divines-level forebears type stuff around the crowns area Mm. and it kind of gets retconned that oh no one's as traditional as we used to be like i personally think it would be really cool to see the the duality more Mm. and and the contrast more between crowns and forebears
0: i yeah so but like in in summary the worst thing to happen would be is if they did water down all of the sort of cultural uniqueness and so on and, and stuff like that But I am somewhat hopeful, especially following up Starfield, if they do go for their, oh, we're like having a more like focus on role playing and stuff like that. And then they're coming into this. Plus, they're going to obviously be consulting with ESO law. And so because then, you know, now they have like law masters and stuff, which wasn't really a a role before in any sort of um, Mm -hmm. Bethesda kind of thing. So I feel I I am a little more hopeful in the direction.
1: Not that the lawmasters have been perfect
2: though. Yeah, but they've been But at least they're there. Cuz I think one thing about the lawmasters to to give credit is that a lot of the limitations that we critique are purely in the execution of the game as opposed to the writings. Like mm-hmm. pulling from the writings and 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 it... you know, contributions of people like Layman Tuttle, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, but you know, like the Clockwork City stuff is fantastic. But at the same time, you're operating within the limits of this is an MMO. And someone kind of can
0: come to you and go, well, I want to write this quest. This is what the quest is or so on. Like, help me make it work or something. But you're working with Mm. those parameters already. Like, you know, when it first started and so on. And everyone's got their own different... It's the problem with any... You know, I guess uh, Elder Scrolls been around a long time. Everyone's got a different vision of what Elder Scrolls should be, and so on, or what they what they enjoy. I think one of the worst things, personally, is if they for me would be is if they go for a really ESO sort of uh, visual style, and that a lot of the armors feel a bit. To be honest, to be fair, a lot of the newer armors and stuff out in expansions and so on are less World of Warcrafty looking, like on that end of the spectrum, like very like modernized looking. I really do want hope that um it doesn't become so like tethered to eso as a visual representation instead it has its mm-hmm. own aesthetic like you know how skyrim's armors and stuff are all rugged barbarian sort of feeling and so on and they go from min- a knightly ones in oblivion and or, or whatever not that it has to be necessarily cohesive like that but just that you know what i mean it all mm-hmm. looks
1: you don't want it to be cartoony and yeah
0: because they could take that
1: angle while still you know Having super enhanced graphics and making it look nice, it could have this cartoony MMO World of Warcraft armor feel.
2: Yeah, what art style is is an important part, I guess, because obviously tech limitations have always been there, but the art style of the mainline series has changed drastically from game to game to game to game, to game. Um, and I'm curious if they would kind of go for a slightly more realistic looking human races or or if they would implement an art style on top if that makes sense because you know like oblivion the it's it's kind of goofy in in respect but also really cool looking but it's not it's not just a an updated version of the way Morrowind made things looked it went a completely different way Fun, if that yeah makes sense.
0: funnily enough if you actually i don't know if i maybe i'll get like i don't know some people will really disagree and i'll get reams for it in the comments but um Morrowind to Skyrim... Skyrim's actually more of a continuation of Morrowind in many ways. Um, even, like, aesthetically that, that the elves... And obviously it was only presets in Vanilla Morrowind. But they looked a little bit more alien, a little bit different. Some of the ridges and stuff. Maybe not as pronounced. But um, it looks like more of a continuation than Oblivion did. And Oblivion went very, like, Pixar-head-looking kind of mm-hmm. things. And, then, and even the color palette's very different. Like, Morrowind feels, you know... I guess grittier sounds a weird word, but you know what I mean? It's like a different going from one to the other. It's, it's rustier. Yeah. And I think, and I hope they do continue that sort of line. Cause I would say, uh, maybe it's unfair to say, I don't know, but, but ESO feels closer to oblivion in that very like bright and like, every... there's a lot of, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe that's not. That
2: close, it's almost, but... it's almost between Skyrim and oblivion in a way. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, the races don't look goofy
2: But the world is very vibrant
0: Yeah, yeah mm. I, hope, um, I hope we just get a good execution In regards to the culture yeah. and, and so on The worst thing that could happen Like I was sort of saying Is if you do, we do just get some massive lore retread Like even if they make it make sense Like how it makes sense That the Nords could be imperialized and stuff by now You know, it's 200 years in the future Like, you know, all of that could happen feasibly it still would have been a better setting if there were strong nords and stuff like they like, yeah you, know. you, you
1: can that's the thing you can rationalize anything with lore there's no reason that azura i don't know couldn't change the dark elves back to looking like kaima because she's happy that they're not worshiping the tribunal anymore and mm. that they all look like that in elder scrolls six but mm. i don't i don't want that yeah but just because you can make it happen doesn't mean it, it should
0: yeah um some like I guess there's worse some some of these things I feel like are smaller kind of things. Like I wouldn't be the worst. Like no variations in armor, for example. Like Getting, being able to have, like, colours and styles and so on. These all sound mm. like great things. Like, it'd be cool to be able to, like, colour your robes mm. or whatever. But, like, they mm. aren't like, oh, it's the worst if it doesn't happen. Because in some ways, like, some people really... I, I kind of like the identity that comes with some pieces. Like, there's something that makes, like, Daedric stand out or glass or whatever stand out. Whereas if you can colour glass, like, any colour of the rainbow, it loses a little bit of its identity to me, at least. But
1: Yeah, it, it becomes a bit like Fallout 4 in the sense of how... You could craft any weapon and turn any plasma whatever, say a pistol, into a plasma rifle. And and that, I suppose, takes us to a topic that, you know, would be disastrous for Elder Scroll 6, which would be some huge crafting scrapathon emphasis or huge settlement building emphasis mm. because I think you'd just run into all the same problems as you did with Fallout 4. That's not to say that they can't have any, like, build-your-own-little-estate-or-castle-type stuff at all. Yeah but a focus would be pretty bad
0: yeah I mean there are some interesting things in the mm-hmm. creation club with, uh, with the anniversary edition stuff like even being able to have your own farms and stuff and plant your own things and say if you were like an alchemist kind of character or something like more options like that to me even like being able to be a person who has a you know a farm or a side mm-hmm. function if you want to be like these are the kinds of things that would enhance role-playing particularly but I agree in the way that like you don't want to be going through you know finding iron hinges in every single like dungeon like picking them all up so you can make stuff it's it's a different one thing I actually wanted to um, bring up just kinda of like not the worst thing, it's not if it's not there, but with Sky, with Skyrim, it's when we're using Skyrim as a reference range, it's like that's a ten year old game and we forget in ways, or at least I do, is that Fallout Four was their next big release that came in like Fallout Four would start to give you some sort of hints at how they how they changed. Like, like so for example, with Oblivion, Oblivion came out, everyone was disappointed by the setting coming from Morrowind, right? But then Shivering Isles comes out as almost like a big appeasement. It's like, hey, look, this looks a lot more like Morrowind, and it's like a bit more funky and cool and interesting and stuff like that. And and in a similar way, um, in Fallout 4, they brought out, you know, everyone was annoyed that there was no, like, sort of role-playing. It couldn't really be evil, and then they come out with the Nuka World DLC, and it's like, oh, look, you could do this. Or they come out with Far Harbor, you know, you actually have more choices and stuff um, with the factions and so on. But another... Th- so you can kind of look at the DLC sometimes to see where things... Um, might go or they might take things but also even just looking at the systems in in itself Fallout uh, Bethesda's last mainline game did feature a lot more um, customization of your armor and so on being able to wear clothes underneath and put leather str- armor and pieces and so on all over like you could in Fallout 4 and this is it's not like the end of, world, end of the world if they don't have it but maybe Elder Scrolls 6 will actually sort of return to a more, more closer to Morrowind sort of style where you can Maybe it's not to the level of like pauldrons and boots and in every individual part, but maybe it's like, you know, your um, arms, pants, boots, um, helmet. Well, you yeah, you can
2: have both. Like have more um, equipable parts of your armor and clothing, but at the same time don't devalue them so that they're completely replaceable and unmemorable, you know, in the sense that finding just random legendary loot in Fallout 4 everything is so replaceable that you'll never have a pauldron you care about. There's always one to care about more and it's probably random. Whereas you can have more pieces to your armor that you can mix and match, but they can still be unique in the way more Skyrim versus Fallout 4 had. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. I I guess... I mean, we're just going to end up talking about everything we kind of want in Elder Scrolls 6. So we can go to this thing, but, but one thing, and there's obviously Monster Fix it in Skyrim, but like um, Daedric artifacts that truly do have unique effects or are just simply better than stuff that you can craft, things that really become desirable pieces. Like, I, I actually, there you go. I will say it is a bad thing to happen in Elder Scrolls 6. I, I really like crafting systems there. It gives a lot of build variety and so on. But if every single character has to rely on crafting to be good I that's a bad thing because in ultimately in mm-hmm. Skyrim a character with enchant without enchanting is just nowhere near as good as any character without it it's just it's just not not mm-hmm. comparable at all you know so you like they should fix scaling and stuff and and and, and different options and stuff but I, I just just don't want crafting to be so overpowered where you feel, if you do want to have some sort of optimized or maximized build, that you feel obligated that, like, I'm going to have to do this or, because it, when it comes to that sort of min-maxing kind of thing, and like, yeah you don't have to do it, but if you want to play into the late game, you know um, you kind of do if you don't want to get one hit by an ancient dragon or something, because you've played a thief character who's all their skills in pickpocket and sneak and all of that, but your level's still way higher and you haven't got your, like super magic resist gear and stuff and yeah
1: mm. i mean there's something that would be bad in general as if magic is weak mm. like it was in skyrim or
2: if the spell variety is as low yeah or oh, speaking of uh <laughs> someone's doing a shock spell yeah there someone's was a gigantic a sh- thunderbolt outside and everything just froze <laughs> whoa for <laughs> my roof was about to go off but yeah i think we're good right
1: australian yeah. summer
0: mm. but um yeah, some people bring up like, uh, "Oh my goodness!" Like a leveling system without any skills—that's crazy. That's one of those things. It's like they're but not they going to ditch it skills. In Fallout. <laughs> no, no, no. But they didn't have that. That Fallout fours more. Com, I guess. In comparison to feel, it's more like attributes being condensed to three or something like that, or
1: and they already got rid of attributes. If so you get if you get rid of
0: skills, do. skills is like the most central part of the Elder Scrolls formula because it's the level by doing thing. That's what people like. Like they're more likely mm-hmm. to ditch attributes, <laughs> but that's so silly. Like how do you? But they you already do ditched. That? Oh, you no, like, like stealth? L- well, what they stealth. yeah, because that's what they no, call stealth. attributes now. Like stamina, health. Yeah, yeah. that would be insane. Um, yeah. But yeah, what else, uh, any other big, like the worst things that could happen? Because <laughs> for me, it really does come down to a lot of the sort of lore slash role-playing kind of things. At the end of mm. the day, a lot of the, you know, whether it's like armor mechanics or something's OP or, or whatever, all of that kind of stuff can be remedied with mods or it can, it's sort mm. of not foundational. Whereas if you do have a world space that is, you know, very watered down it's really hard to do any like sort of significant role playing like a you know lack of choice and stuff
1: yeah i suppose a a bad thing that wouldn't happen would be something like uh it being set at a weird time or a weird place like as much as i would love any elder scrolls game like if there was some amazing prequel that's really cool if it was set in akavir but it was amazing then that's good. But deep down inside, I still think I can count both of those things as, uh, not the worst, but a bad thing to happen because we all really, really want to know what, what happens after the time of Skyrim, especially involving the, the Thalmor. And we don't want to wait for an Elder Scrolls 7 because we just found out how long it takes to make, a, to make another Elder Scrolls game. We haven't got time to wait around wondering what happens. That
0: also reminds me, um, people saying uh, a bad thing would be a huge time skip again and i would yeah. kind of agree that since everyone is because i think by now everyone's so invested in like mm-hmm. the thalmor and all of that kind of stuff if they're just like well we're gonna skip right over it and like they can't I, I don't think another skyrim 200 year time skip would be a beneficial thing you could do something small like they used to do like you know i think the time between mm. arena and and oblivion is like 60 years or oh, not 60 16 maybe even i don't know
2: yeah well morrowind and oblivion's only six yeah so but i almost don't know how i feel about that because yeah we do want closure on the storylines of skyrim but if it's too soon afterwards we may end up just kind of rehashing the same conflicts Mm. just in a different location so it's kind of i almost i almost feel like it'd be a good idea to have yeah not a huge time skip so that everything becomes irrelevant but enough of a time skip that you can fill in some of the blanks with like an intro cutscene or with some law books. Yeah, but then like then kind of have an excusable reason why the same factions don't need to be at the forefront again.
0: Yeah, I, I guess I, I guess like I wouldn't mind something like six ten years kind of vibe, but I feel like when you start distancing it too far from there, you're gonna start losing like because that's the thing is like people have a good understanding or they, they're keen to hear more about the different parts of the world like you hear little bits about how Hammerfell are and so on and like they've mm-hmm. got to involve the foul more surely like because people just mm-hmm. it's just a it's just a facet of skyrim that was this was built up like there's this second great war coming or there's this second great conflict like what they're not they're just going to ditch it or they're just going to say mm-hmm. oh well you know t- 10 years ago the second great war happened and yeah you know, this is the setting now but that Completely, is just, that's just Skyrim too. It's Mate, it's like
1: they're, they're gonna say the Second Great War happened. High Rock is in ruins. We need you to rebuild it. I don't know why. And you go around settlement building the whole map. I
0: used to, I used to be a little different, but I'm actually like a bit more um, uh, positive on Elder Scrolls Six. I don't think it will be some mm-hmm. huge disappointment kind of thing.
1: Let, let's just clarify for the audience. Us making this video is not a. Th- like, a, a list of things that we think are going to happen. Mm. I mean, we're waiting pretty late into the podcast to say it. But, I mean, these are things we just don't want to happen. Like, I'm I'm pretty positive on... I'm pretty positive on Elder Scrolls 6. I mean, the big thing for me is I just think that compared to other games... Like, it's, it's hard to stuff up. Like, you have to go out of your way to stuff it up. And I know you could say the same thing for 76, but 76... Obviously, the trailer got us all super hyped when we didn't know it was a multiplayer game, but they quickly told us it's this different thing. Mm. Whereas we've been told Elder Scrolls 6 is another single-player Elder Scrolls game. Yeah. So, and with such an interesting world as well, and all these different cultures that have already been built upon multiple previous entries to the series and their online game going on and on and on, adding new, new lore, I just don't see... I mean, look. It'll be. I'll eat my words if I'm wrong, but I don't see how they'll stuff it up that badly.
2: Plus, it's made by the same people who have who are so invested in their world that they've created. It's it's not being palmed off to another group, the way um, Fallout 76 was, and even to an extent ESO. They're just they're kind of like, oh yeah, we want to keep these franchises going. We want to keep profiting off these. Yeah. Um, Whereas Elder Scrolls Six, it's kind of like I'm I'm sure there have been discussions where it's like, why are you even making this? We could make so much more money if we made a different kind of game, like single player RPGs. They're dead. Why? Why are you doing it? Um, Then again, maybe they're doing it purely to get in everyone's good books again. Uh, But either way, I think it
0: has to be a passion project. I mean, I think Skyrim, obviously, with like the three editions and all of that kind of stuff, and just in terms of like brand, like Skyrim's a household name for like. (laughs) <laughs> Generations of gamers at this point mm. Like the idea that like There are people that are like You know 10 years old right now That are playing Skyrim for the first time With Skyrim Anniversary Edition And getting into it and everything And it's just like You know I played it when I was like 16 or something <laughs> it's, And it's like That was me with Oblivion But that's how long it's been And it's so But people are so invested in the the, the brand If they make a Elder Scrolls 6 And it's as good as Skyrim And as As, as You know uh, culturally impactful as skyrim they'll just sell so much of it and then do they've got monetization things in there with like you know creation oh, yeah. club. expect it yeah
1: expect it for Elder scroll six people say oh microtransactions would be the worst thing ever and as much as i don't really want them if there are some paid things that aren't too intrusive i mean you just kind of have to expect it. It's a, it's a bit of a... St- you know? It's not a reality
2: I love, but you can expect it. It depends some. how much control they have, really. Cause it depends how much control the developers have, which I don't... Like, how much are they going to have to appease the executives and, you know, the people who really profit from that? Because mm. I, I guarantee that none of the people actually designing the game want anything like that in the game. I don't think they'll do it, like, 76. It's not going to be
1: like, Welcome to the Elder Scrolls 6 store where you pay $30 mm. for uh, a skin. And I agree completely Like the problem with Single player RPG games too Like that video you made Drew Is that When you add an item That you have to pay for It comes at the opportunity cost Of that item being found Through an in-game experience Well that's what Which adds to it I can expect some sort of paid thing even if it's a paid membership subscription to creation club i don't know use but the creation club as a,
0: if you use that as a model you look at it they add new weapons and stuff but they integrate it with quest and so on and it like my biggest thing is i would have nothing wrong with any creation club stuff kind of going forward I know like arguably like you know put it in the main game or whatnot but even if they had modders working on it doing additional stuff and then they have like official releases I just my concern is always just quality control and stuff there's some bits and pieces like some of the the creation club parts are well done um but then others I'm like oh that kind of breaks this and that and I just think they need a good if they if you had these really good polished it would are essentially DLC if but then just do DLC well, no, but I'll then but the point is they're outsourcing it to modders and yeah. modders can also get paid for mm-hmm. their work uh, or something but then it keeps the world kind of, I guess, evolving.
2: Yeah. I think the important problem is when it's implemented. If Creation Club or DLC is accessible, honestly, in the first year, then I think that's reprehensible because that stuff should have been a part of the game. If after a year, if, if they've released a full product and they respect the price tag of the game, Then there there should be no reason to be giving you anything new for
0: a year or or maybe not a year. You know what I mean? Because remember, there's a difference between like it's that kind of thing. It's like if you like look at dates, like they might, for example, finish a game and the game's well, the game's got to be like finished here or whatever, and then they're you know it's preparing for release and sale and going out and whatnot. They could be working on a DLC now that might not come out for five months or something, but they couldn't have put it in the game unless you delay it further and so on and then you have the same problem again and say so, oh well if the dlc can't come out it has to do you know well, what i
2: mean I, I guess that that is kind of the point i'm making but may, maybe a year is too much of an exaggeration but it. say you've got a game that comes out and on day one you've got some creation club yeah. options, yeah, even if they're small that is literally just taking them day from the game. day whereas one. if yeah if there's stuff that they're if they're so involved in the development <clears> process <throat> that they're like oh okay we've golded we've got a gold copy of the game it's ready to ship but we're gonna keep working it's like well fair enough well there you go like dawn guard that's not usually dawn guard
0: for example which was the first um big dlc for skyrim came out june 26th 2012 so that's like you know that's like six a bit over six Six, months months. okay yeah i I feel like that's kind of fair enough and especially because they could you know you can start work on dawn guard immediately as skyrim's going on so on but you couldn't have waited to Put it in necessarily I guess I guess yeah, yeah
2: That's a, that's essentially the idea But yeah the, I agree
0: that... entirely With the day one stuff Like I don't want some like Get your additional Link hat costume mm. Or something Or yeah. anything like that Like you know um, But uh, Yeah I feel like we could talk about this For this is one thing With the Elder Scrolls 6 discussions We could like talk kind of Endlessly about it And sort of like Jump around the place But are there any other Really worst things I know one um, I, I guess like any crazy retconning of Of like the fundamental sort of sword singer So I, I kind of don't want a sword singer replaced with shouts But I'm sure they're going to do it Like even just going but, off the ESO lore they've, they're, you, you, You're seeing the, the sword singer The Ansai stuff Like you see it now um, But he literally sings right Surely the player uh, is not going to sing songs No Probably not. Maybe it might be a, like a little lyrical, like three word thing or something, or or, uh, or just an internal
2: meditation yeah, type thing.
0: Could do that instead. But I just think the idea that it's kind of like it's now out there in the space that this is what the Shihai look like. They're these big, kind of like you know, uh, magic sword looking things, which it's not cool. Like, if you try and work with it, it's cool. The point is, it's the same problem with Dragonborn. It's just like I want to be a, a Dark Brotherhood assassin and a thief. You know i don't want to be the savior of the universe as this great dragonborn character um and i i think too and if you also partly it's like if you choose not to you're missing out on a lot of the it's the same as if i want to be a mage i don't want to be wielding a magic giant sword as some like martial arts kind of character you know but Hmm. we'll see what they do we've got a long time to wait Yeah, we'll stream
2: it from our retirement That's what, that, home. Let's all go to the but same. But it one. is what's
0: ridiculous. Like I, I think twenty twenty five, twenty twenty six is a very fairly safe bet. But like that is that is like what you would expect usually. What used to be the case, just in between their releases, you know, twenty eleven to twenty fifteen, or t- two thousand and six to twenty eleven, two thousand and two to two thousand uh, six. Yeah, like for all of their previous entries. But then they went Fallout out seventy six, which I almost think I've. I can't remember whose video I was watching about it or something or about the development or the splits of the team, but I'm pretty sure it was something about the Bethesda Game Studios itself created the world space, but then the one that was um, the Austin, Texas, the Bethesda Austin, which used to be Battlecry Studios or something that was basically bought and converted and merged. They dealt with it, like not the core Bethesda Game Studios. They built the world, but then the rest did all of the and I think And enough, creation. the
1: world was, was really cool yeah no I mean Fallout seventy six. the map yeah. is nice yeah
0: if you explore the map it's nice it's um just everything else to do with it <laughs> <laughs> I mean some people really like Fallout 76 and to be fair I haven't played it since we remember I, we
1: did the, the inoculation with the Nuka-Cola and we played when they introduced NPCs yeah that
0: one that's what we started yeah. and, and that was tried
1: to get back into it and just wasn't wasn't the best but
0: apparently it's getting better and better but I, I've sort of my biggest problem to me a lot of the time is when you sort of disregard the, the lore and stuff and mm-hmm. just show that it's like oh this is just this silly sort of playground I lose interest in it because the reason I was into Fallout was the world and the immersion stuff I get in I when there's people jumping around in power armor with their like Nuka-Cola paint and they're all they different like I don't know alien. You've been having a dead world. Yeah, that 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 was always my draw to Fallout. Is that you
2: are one of the few ragged survivors who somehow in on, and everything else is horrible. Mm. Um, I don't really want. Yeah, it's it's Fancy, it's fun, very like it's time. like
0: it's taken the sort of fifties dance music kind of really far. It's like, but they're all literally dancing and having a great time, killing mm. ghouls, and like, yeah, team. Like it's. But you can't. No, but wrong. you can take selfies. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, true. So, I mean, I hope there's a I hope there's a spell like an alteration
0: spell in in Elder Scrolls Six
2: that lets you take selfies of your character. It, that, that's my wa- number one. If wise. we were to
0: look towards the star Starfield though, like um, even seeing some more of the concept art, which they've sort of been showing little bits, it is slowly getting more promising. I'm still waiting to be like amazed. I do think some people are sort of just way of hyping it. They see like a spaceship and they're like, ice planet, ice planet, oh my God, there is a frost planet, count me in. And it's like, I don't know that, that to me, that's really, if you're playing an interplanetary sort of sci-fi game, there's a, there should be a given That there's like Different kind of environments Like mm-hmm. I want to see them And they could look cool And stuff But like I'm not going to be like Selling point I'm sold Star feels great We've seen nothing yeah. yet
1: It's like you I Like think- you said uh, I remember when You saw the trailer And you saw the forest planet And you were kind of just saying I'd hope so Yeah You know You'd hope in a sci-fi game That they have mm-hmm. A few yeah. different biomes I just hope Elon Musk is a voice protagonist.
0: <laughs> yes. That's just all I want. Well, that, 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 and that's the difference too. With Starfield, you got nothing to go on. If they started showing us concept art for Elder Scrolls 6, you would be able to draw from all of the lore knowledge and all of the knowledge about the setting and be like, oh, maybe this is this and that, and speculate and sort of... You get so much more subconscious information with every picture. Starfield, it's just... Here's some white spaceships, and so mm-hmm. I, I even saw one of the the art of the city and stuff looked kind of cool, like the internal, and it like looked like there's more like stuff going on, which is cool. But um, yeah, we we just got to wait and see what they say about it too. Is promising, like all of the sort of um, role playing background focus and so on. And but um, we'll wait to see, man. But that's so crazy, dude. I just remember sitting in my room back at like my parents' place and stuff, talking about Starfield. And like, and like, oh, it's this like you know linked leaked project kind of name or something like that, and it's ridiculous.
2: Now now
0: you now you're married
2: with two kids, yeah, <laughs> and life and goes Elder on. Scroll Six still is still, out. yeah,
1: yeah. I remember we used to joke about that. Mm. We'd joke that you'd have two
0: kids to play the game with. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, yeah, well, they'll be in high school. We, no we manifested
1: it. Yeah, well,
0: they won't. Like, if it's, like, what, 2026, they'll be, like, early primaries. Probably not quite, like, there yet. But, like, it's the kind of thing, like, you could imagine. It's like, oh, I'm 11, and I'm playing a game that came out four years ago that my dad really likes, and here is Elder Scrolls Six. Like, it's, like, their Oblivion or their Morrowind or whatever, you know? Like, that's insane. Well, well, well. Well, we're all aging. Yeah. That much is true. Well... Um, unless you guys have got anything else, I think that's probably enough. Like, look, we're going to have so many more opportunities. If we didn't talk about your idea exactly or anything, like, we've got so many more opportunities to talk about (laughs) Elder Scrolls 6 over the coming years (laughs) and speculating and and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to the Elder Scrolls podcast. We've been Michael, Scott, and Drew, and we'll be back to nerd out with you again next time.